Hi, welcome to the Unexpected Experts podcast. This is the Upload Download, a more laid back conversation about our perspectives on any number of topics as an upload to you and the things we are reading, learning and downloading ourselves. Enjoy and thanks for listening. Hey, everybody. <laughs> hello, hello. <laughs> All us in the same room. How fun is this? It's only happened a couple of other times. Yeah, seriously. Uh, who else have we got in the room with us? Oh, just this Guy stranger who lives with off you. the <laughs> street. <laughs> just this. Just this my dude, roommate. This dude <laughs> your roommate. It's just my roommate. <laughs> <laughs> roommate. Savage. Hi. Um, I'm Matthew, Matthew. is back with us. What's up, Matthew? Yeah, he picked a very convenient night to be part of our episode. <laughs> Andrea told me the topic. I was like, can I join? <laughs> That's not actually what happened. Oh, yeah. We're no, here for it. I very did happy invite him, here. but um, yeah, we're having another, um, oh, well, we never just jump on in, but anyways, we're here I now. guess, yeah. Um, we're having another brain exchange another night brain exchange. tonight and all the way down in Okotoks. All the way in Stokotoks. Um, Jokotoks is really what Jokotoks. Ooh, yeah. that's good. I've, I haven't heard Jokotoks. that. I like that. Yeah. Um, it's another brain exchange night. Yeah. Um, I would like it to be the last one because I have no sweet clue what <laughs> to teach you the next that's time. That's okay. I feel we like that's figure not something fair. Out. Um, it's not about fairness right now. But anyways. <laughs> um, yeah. Jameson brought a plethora of boot of of uh <laughs> isn't, of that spoils. What, isn't that, sl- isn't that a slang boot no booty no, definitely not booty if you're a pirate yeah then yes thank you well yeah, i mean okay. if you that's what i was going for if like all that cl- pirates collect is rum but they all like booty is like treasure yeah okay and boot is like what you do if you're you buy, a guest here tonight so but boot <laughs> is what you do if you buy somebody you alcohol who's under 18 so we're not doing that either. Right. Well, I, would lose I think that's bootlegging, which there's yes. history behind that. Which no, bootlegging would be when you're like taking across the border, isn't it? Yeah. I think bootlegging is also when you're this like buying for a This became a really weird tangent yeah, very we're, quickly. We're already getting into it. So we're talking about whiskey <laughs> this week. Um, <laughs> Where's the regular banter that we've come to know and love? That You know what? You that's, just. Yeah. I mean, you wrecked it by just like... <laughs> I don't know. By talking about underage telling me that I here. Telling me that I did the wrong name. Anyways, what a not weird at all, start. Not at all. What a weird start. We're this good. is what happens when we're in person, I guess. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. That's fun. Um, yeah, we're, we're here to learn about whiskey tonight. We're jumping into whiskey. So whiskey is something that I really love. I've been getting into whiskey for quite a few years, but it's a never-ending journey. You know what I mean? Like you, you start with something and you're like, oh, I'm going to have you know, a Ryan Coke and then you try and then other you have a things. Ryan root beer. <laughs> and a Ryan root beer. And, and a Ryan another Ryan Sprite. Coke with a different type of rye. There we go. Or like a Ryan ginger. A Ryan oh. ginger slaps. For sure. I'm I'm uh, here for a good Ryan ginge. Tasty. Um not just because I'm a little bit ginge, but <laughs> just because it's objectively tasty. Just a little bit ginge. It's like a little bit I got a tinge of the ginge. Ooh. Right? Isn't that good? Tinge of the Ginge. Okay. Yeah. As per Tim Minchin, look him up. He's on YouTube. <laughs> Very good. Um, so yeah, we're talking we're talking whiskey. Um, I think maybe I'll start with like a bit of like what whiskey is. So like I was taking mad notes this morning watching YouTube videos. Amazing. And when I got home, I like crushed a sandwich and I 
finished some of my notes. So we'll see how far we get. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, Caveat, but, I know next to nothing about whiskey. So this is going to be interesting or maybe weird. I feel like this is a good mirror to last week's sure. episode where yeah. I knew virtually nothing about Disneyland. Totally. And now I'm teaching all the things about it's my great. favorite spirit. Aww. You were teaching me about your favorite place on earth. And yeah. I can teach you about my favorite I mean, spirit. I didn't say that it was, but it's a pretty safe assumption. It was heavily implied. <laughs> it's your favorite spiritual place and your favorite spirits. Ooh, that's good. That's good. I have nothing to say to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we'll start Such off a weird with roommate. whiskey <laughs> is just like an overarching like umbrella term for a whole bunch of different types of spirits that originate in like different countries at different times. And when you boil it down, whiskey is any distilled alcoholic beverage that is made from fermented grain mash and aged in a wood barrel. That's like base level definition, just what whiskey is. Okay. Um, Sounds like the food that I feed my baby. (laughs) Mushed up grains. (laughs) Grain mash. Minus the fermentation. Yeah. The the differentiation would be the fermentation. And the oak barrel. Unless we don't we have forget. a lot of oak barrels for our like mushed bananas. What you don't you don't age your pablum in an <laughs> oak barrel in the backyard? Are you crazy? Just it's next level. Just some barley sitting. That's back up there, there with kombucha, man. Oh. Like, got to get on that. Really, really doing something wrong here. For sure. Um, whiskey can traditionally like traditionally it's made from either barley, rye, corn, or wheat. But then you can do other grains in there as well. But those are the four main ones that traditionally and historically it's been made from. So if you were to get corn or barley, then it would be a gluten-free drink then for you. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I don't... I actually am curious now. If you were to do a wheat whiskey, if it would have gluten in it. Well, wheat... I'm one... I wonder. Wheat is gluten Yeah, but... The the amount of like processing and the, the breaking down process. of the grain and oh, okay. all of it through the distilling process, I wonder if gluten would actually transfer into the final product. I don't know. That'd be interesting. It would be. I feel like it wouldn't. But I really love a weeded bourbon. So yeah, I wonder if it says on the bottle. Oh, I feel I'll like if there is wheat in it, whiskey. like a celiac probably would just stay away from it. But maybe someone who's gluten free would be. Yeah. More inclined to partake in the beverage. Be worth looking into. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like I said in there too, that whiskey is a huge umbrella term to describe a range of different styles and types of the same base spirit. So it's like wine, like you can have a Cab Sav or a Chardonnay or mm-hmm. a Zinfandel or a Merlot, but they're all classified as wine, but they're all very distinct from each right, other. Right, Um, historically, okay, actually the word whiskey comes from the Gaelic word ishkabahe. Uh, which means water of life. Wow. So super cool. This is some swanky liquid <laughs> then. It tastes like it. It's true. Matt and I are nodding our heads at each other across the room here. Um, Irish whiskey is the first. So like whiskey is essentially just born in Ireland. Right. Like that is where whiskey originated. The first documented people. case of whiskey ever in history was in Ireland in 1405. Wow. So like it's old. Yeah. It is really old. Like it's got a lot of history to it. Was was it born out of an accident that they just like left something in a barrel too long? I wonder like, yeah, I wonder like how the grain element got introduced to it because there's, 
distillation technology that goes back to the, I think the 12th century. Yeah, 12th century Irish monks learned how to distill perfumes. Okay. And then one of them at some point found that you could get drunk off of the stuff that they were distilling. And eventually it evolved into using grain instead of, you know, rose petals to distill. And when you get, especially in a really agricultural country like Mm -hmm. Ireland, Mm -hmm. where you have lots of barley, you have lots of grain around, like that stuff will start to ferment if left in water. And, you know, she's a rainy country. So, oh, yeah, lots of water to be found. Mm -hmm. Um, In 16th century, Ireland had so much whiskey that the king wanted to get in on it and introduced um, licenses. So anyone that was producing whiskey at that time had to get a license. So if you were a licensed manufacturer of whiskey, you were creating what was called parliament whiskey. Hmm. And if you were doing it illegally, you were creating what was called poteen, um, which is translates to small pot. So Can they would use that? a small p, uh, in, it's P-O-I-T-I-N. Not poutine. I know. Yeah. I was like, it's not that an awful lot. That would be Irish poutine. That would be Irish poutine. That's not an awful yeah. lot like that tasty snack that we Which have in actually, Canada. if we're talking about Irish whiskey, I feel like we should get started on the drink that has Irish whiskey in it. Let's do it. So as, as part of our interactive evening, <laughs> I decided to bring a bunch of cocktails for us to try that all have different whiskeys in them. So one has a bourbon, one has a rye, and one has an Irish whiskey. Mm-hmm. I figured we'd avoid scotch because some of it, like I I love a good scotch. I'm not into like the really, really smoky stuff yet, but I'm I'm dipping my toe. But I love a good <laughs> like malted I love a good Scottish expression. barley. Dip it's your awesome. toes. Dip your toe in that scotch. Yeah. Whereas I will like dive in headfirst to a cask of a, a delicious PD single barrel. Okay, so this is what? This is a... So this first one here, while we're talking about Irish whiskey, I made a drink with Jameson whiskey called a whiskey smash. So this is comprised of simple syrup, um, pieces of lemon, and then mint leaves, and you pour whiskey over top with like crushed ice. Whiskey sour? Whiskey smash. Whiskey smash. Yeah. Similar? So there's just something Hear magical. That that, yeah. So like... <laughs> ASM mice. Oh, <laughs> mm, boo, <laughs> boo. Well, yeah, there, there's just something magical that happens when you put whiskey in with Ooh. lemon and sugar <laughs> and mint. It's so good. So Andrea bad. is not a whiskey person, <laughs> so she's good. making a full like scrunchy whiskey face. It's oh, cocktails are a tough one for me. Like I generally I. What is a cocktail? I don't even know what co- like my go-to cocktail would be, but like probably like vodka or tequila based. I mean, would a margarita be considered a cocktail? Oh, because yeah. yes, I will yeah. drink those all day. For sure. Every day. No, For I wouldn't, sure. but that's very bad of me to say. I mean, if you're on vacation at a swim up bar, I would drink them all day. Oh man. You just pace yourself. Yeah. Oh, a mojito. A mojito yeah. would be good. A mojito so, is pretty much just the rum version of what this is. Right. But with this lime is, instead of lemon. Okay. This is a delicious drink. Actually, it, yeah. It, I mean, Jameson is a fairly it's a light, fairly, like, like it's approachable whiskey. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like you're going to like a Lagavulin scotch that just like. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah. Like drinking, like drinking. That would be so heavy. It's one of my favorites. But yeah. It's nice and light. Like it's uh, this is a very it's a good summer drink. Good summer drink. Yeah. So whiskey smash for anyone following along. So Andrea, these are only going to get 
more. I know I'm very whiskey. nervous. Like this is the this yeah. is the like this will be the one that you can kind of sip on for the whole night. The yeah. least whiskey flavored drink, if you know yeah. what I mean. Like it's yeah, and yet <laughs> quite whiskey. So um, yeah. So yeah, it, moving then into like the 18th century, demand at that point was so high for whiskey that whiskey makers started like diluting their whiskey to get more bang for their buck. And it got so bad that the government had to step in and introduce a law preventing them from diluting it any further. So hardcore, like super hardcore government control essentially just resulted in many of these distilleries closing down. Hmm. So there were 2,228 distilleries in Ireland in 1779, and that number dropped to 32 wow. in 1821. That is so by the time that you know, 1821 rolls around, there's hardly any Irish whiskey being produced at all because the restrictions were so strong at that point. Hmm. Um, and then eventually, at that point, the Scots started getting in on the action and um, because of the invention of what's called the coffee still, um, which in modern day terms is now kind of called... A, or a variation of the coffee still is called a column still. Okay. Um, that still was made in 1832 by Irish inventor Aeneas Coffee. So C O F F E Y. Nothing to do with the mm-hmm. with the roasted bean beverage mm-hmm. that we all know and love. Um, Scottish whiskey production really exploded at that point and dwarfed Irish whiskey. And this was sort of around the same time that the Irish whiskey production was really dropping because of these government regulations. So then Scottish whiskey really blew up around that same time because of this invention. Hmm. Um, The Irish wouldn't change from the pot still, which was the method that they were using to produce their whiskey. And so the Scottish whiskey really took over Hmm. and really swung the market in favor of scotch. Um, So I'll just pause briefly here to say like there's two main ways of distilling whiskey. So once you get your grain and you mash it up and you mix it with yeast, water, then you get your mash. And then there's two ways that you can go from there. You can put it essentially in a giant pot with a big pipe coming out out of the top Mm -hmm. that goes into a condenser. And it's like a coil Mm -hmm. or just a long shaft that comes off of the top of that And so what will happen there is like that form of distilling is called a pot still because it's really just a big pot with a fire under it. The alcohol vapors evaporate out of it and then you get this cool um, alcohol distillate at the end of it. So it's a really concentrated form of just the alcohol component that's in the pot. Um, The column still, on the other hand, is a more continuous way of production. So they have... And I'm, I'm not 100% sure how the column still works, but it's a more continuous way of producing whiskey that's more efficient and it yields more and you're not having to, you know, do one pot at a time and mm. then clean it out and then do another pot and right. clean it out. It's a more continuous method, but you don't get quite the same flavor profiles as you do out of a pot still. So it's more efficient and you get more product, but it doesn't have quite the same right. taste. I feel like that kind of is generally like anything that you go yeah. to do if you're trying to do it the quicker more efficient way like you're not going to get as good of a product mm-hmm. in the end so it makes sense but that's yeah yeah mm. 
but like scotch really blew up because of the invention of that coffee still. So they okay. really started taking over because they were able to produce so much more, so right. much quicker. Right. And then Irish whiskey couldn't quite keep up and there weren't as many distilleries around anyway. Right. So it really swung quite aggressively in the opposite direction. Did they eventually pick up on this other method to then create whiskey? I think so. Okay. Um, a lot of Irish whiskey these days, especially out of like Middleton, which is where Jameson comes from. That's where Redbreast comes from. Um, I want to say Green Spot comes from there. Um, they still use pot stills, but they are colossal. Like they're the mm. size of a house wow. type of pot stills. Like they are gargantuan That's crazy. units. Um, so at Middleton, they still use pot still hmm. for sure. Okay. Um, so it's it's something else. I find that very interesting because when I think about flavor profiles of these different whiskeys, mm-hmm. you'd think that they that the pot still would create a more intense, like stronger flavor profile. I guess, right? Um, yeah. That's just in my brain how I what I would expect. And so, uh, something else that Jamo did. So we he brought we have the bottles of the three different whiskeys. Yeah, yeah. And we're kind of trying just the whiskeys on their own beside like what's it like in a cocktail and so just having a sip of the jameson here and it's so much like sweeter and lighter and i think the word upstairs that you used was like delicate yeah whereas yeah. like i feel like a lot of the scotch especially like i like um i like very peaty scotch and like an eyelid and it'll just kind of punch you in the face a little bit whereas this yeah. is a bit more like oh that's gentle mm-hmm. yeah so and i would expect that the opposite would be true where the you know what the, but and i guess like it, it's not so much intensity as it is just maybe different quality of flavor. Hmm. Um, like maybe more, if you're thinking about it in like a sound design thing, it's got more transience than it does volume or gain. So it's got more frequencies going on, but it's not as loud. Like it's hmm. not as big or okay. intense with a pot still. So you still get really delicate, like vanilla, shortbread, caramel, out of something like a big pot still that Jameson is. Interesting. Um, um, yeah, so the Irish wouldn't change from the pot still, and Scottish whiskey really took over as a result. Um, and this this is kind of an interesting like historical fact, too. Like Whiskey as a name has two spellings. So you'll see on a lot of bottles, whiskey spelled with a W-I, or W-H-I-S-K-E-Y or W-H-I-S-K-Y. So some oh. whiskeys will only have taking the e out, not have the e, and some will. And so the history of that goes back to whiskey being the name of the spirit until the Irish decided to distinguish their product from what they viewed as the derivative Scottish spirit. So the Irish added the e to their own product. Oh, the e came after. Interesting. Yeah. So the e came after this whole this whole thing between the Irish and the Scottish. Mm. So just a little bit of trivia in there for your next uh, trivia night. The safe word is going to be whiskey. Whiskey. <laughs> why are you saying it that way? Saying, saying, saying what why way? Why am I saying what, what way? <laughs> okay. Uh, the <laughs> rising popularity of scotch at that point, um, combined with the Irish War of Independence and the American Prohibition, all caused Irish whiskey to really collapse as like, an empire and mm. as an export and scotch became the prevailing producer in that part of the world of whiskey um so the irish invented it but the scotch 
the Scots really popularized it globally. Interesting. They'll hold on to that forever. And then, let me tell you that. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Birthplace of the spirit that you don't like. <laughs> no, I just I mean that the Scots like you're because you're saying the Scots pushed it more globally, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm just saying that like as an Irish person, yeah, them Scots will, yeah. That's how they be. Claim to fame. I mean, the Scots no, aren't mean, as bad as the English, though, right? Sure. I just mean Scots versus Irish is like a, there's like a longstanding. Yeah. Uh, fair. Battle type thing. Rivalry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at this point in history, bourbon really started taking off in America. Mm-hmm. So bourbon is a American original spirit. Oh. Bourbon is just another classification of whiskey. Um where it it's difficult to say like no one really knows where bourbon first originated in America but somewhere in Kentucky or in the Kentucky area is typically regarded as being the birthplace of bourbon makes sense um mainly due to its abundance of oak trees which are used in the barrels um quality water down there and good fluctuating temperatures so mm. warm to cold to warm to cold um, and it's also full of waterways, so transportation was really efficient for getting the product out of state as right. well. So it was just the perfect spot for something like that to start. Right. Um, in bourbon, corn is the main grain used. So in Irish and in Irish whiskey and Scotch, it's mostly barley, but then in bourbon, it's mostly corn. Interesting. So you can use a blend of other things as well, and there's regulations around that these days. About you know, with bourbon, for example, it needs to be at least fifty-one percent corn. It needs to be um, produced and bottled and distilled and all of that in America. Right. Um, and then aged in new American oak barrels as well. There's no age requirement in the States for bourbon on how long it has to sit in the barrel. It mm. just has to touch new American oak. So then something like a weeded bourbon, would that still be 50, 51% corn then? Yeah. It's at least 51% corn. But and then it could be the other 49% right. bur- of wheat. Because it's so much just like wheat. Okay, yeah. interesting. Yeah. And then I'd heard um, that for it to be bourbon, it had to be Kentucky, which that it just has to be in America. That's, and that's not true. It just okay. has to be American. Yeah, with American, I guess, um, American oak as well, a new American oak. So, What is the difference right. between American oak and new American oak? Um, I guess I said that weird if anything um, else has like, been distilled or has been aged in that cask and they can't use it for yeah so it has oh. to be a new barrel that nothing else has been aged in right and it has to be charred as well so that means you build the barrel and yeah. then you burn the inside yeah. and so um a lot of whiskeys like one of my favorite angels envy is a bourbon that's also finished in old sherry barrels and so you really get that sherry sweetness in with that rich bourbon. And it's it's just, it's magical. <laughs> it's so good. But um, yeah, the main stipulation and a lot of other stuff will use, or a lot of other spirits will use stuff like wine barrels or port barrels okay. to age their stuff or to finish their stuff. But in order for it to be bourbon, it has to be brand new oak. Right. So yeah. they are in some cases reusing the barrels then. But yeah. not in the case yeah. of bourbon. But not in the case so you of could bourbon. take your bourbon barrel and use it for another thing. It's just yes. Except they would sell it. So there are companies like Innocent Gun, 
Yeah. Um, I think beer, they're pretty famous for having different finishes for their beers. So you can get like a scotch finish. So they finish the beer in a scotch barrel or you can get a bourbon finish. Like a rum too. barrel. Rum, yeah. yeah. So they have all these different like oh, finishes where the beer is. Yeah. And it just takes on some of the qualities of whatever was right. so that beer was used for. Yeah. Right. Hmm. And that's becoming really popular. Really, really popular. There's a lot of cool experimentation going on with that. Like starting with a good base spirit and then finishing it in something else mm. to get a little bit of that character like a hint into of, the spirit. Right. Yeah. It's like soaking it's vodka and juniper berries to make gin. There. Exactly. Which yeah. I don't think is actually how you make gin, but. No. I mean, well, and, and gin is a whole other episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you've got the next one then. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um. So yeah, corn was is the main one for bourbon just because it was so available and other grains were really hard to get into Kentucky at that point. Mm. So corn was just readily available. It's what they used to make it. Mm-hmm. Um, the 20th century was a real tough time for bourbon um, because of prohibition. Mm. So at that time, um, Canadian whiskey really blew up and other imported stuff like scotch, they would... Like some companies would go from Scotland to just outside of the waters of the US and like dump barrels into the water, like waterproofed barrels. Okay. And then the Americans would just come and grab it so that the Scots couldn't be held liable for like importing, quote unquote, this illegal thing into the States during Prohibition. Okay. So there oh, was still like a heard. lot of a lot of whiskey you coming across the border, either from the ocean or across from Canada. Wow. Um, so there are still tunnels. Point, there are still tunnels, like yeah, I can show you that were used during Prohibition that go like, like just south. A lot like Winnipeg was a hub, so there's all these like that just go like just south of Winnipeg, and like under the border and back hmm. up. There's a lot of American towns that are that still exist because of yeah. Prohibition and kind of like, like rum runners were a big thing at that point in Canada too. People running rum from places like Banff mm-hmm. across into the states. Um, and down in the Turner Valley area, there's a whole mountain range in that area called the Whiskey Mountains because whiskey was so mass produced in that area and then brought into the States. There's a little bar in Coleman called the Rum Runner. Oh, cool. And that's where it gets its name from Mm. because Coleman was a bit of a hub for rum running during Prohibition. Hmm. Yeah, The, the amount of... Canadian whiskey that went across the border <laughs> during Prohibition was insane. It was unbelievable. And so, like, I mean, what for what purpose? Just to get it across the border? Yeah, to get it across the border and make because a profit. Nobody oh. in the states could legally make their own. Yeah. So oh, it was only okay. moonshine stills, which don't produce a lot. So it was right. Canadians supplying all the people mm-hmm. who still want to drink with their booze. Interesting. A lot of big yeah. gangsters made their names that way. So eventually, like whiskey and I guess bourbon specifically in the States gained a lot of popularity um, in the 80s, like in the 1980s. And bourbon right now is really in its golden age. Um, In the States, there's over 1,300 craft distilleries across the country that all produce just bourbon. That's a lot. It's pretty incredible. So bourbon has been, is bigger now than it's ever been. Right. Moving then from bourbon to like Canadian whiskey, Canadian whiskey has its roots in the early 18th century when European and American distillers began traveling to Canada and then making whiskey here with the grain that we had here. Um, 
that eventually became like a full-blown industry here with the process becoming more refined until the 1860s. Um, there was a company called Gotterham and Wartz that became the largest producer of whiskey in the world at that time, which is pretty incredible. Hmm. Like, I didn't know that, that at one point Canada had the largest whiskey production. And was that whiskey with an E or no E? That was whiskey, I think, with an E. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Um, kind of makes sense. <laughs> and then during Prohibition, again, um, Canadian whiskey and then Scotch both became very sought after and... Um, the longest, yeah. So like because of Canada and U S like having the longest undefended border in the world of any borders, um, Canada became a huge, huge, huge whiskey producer and really a pipeline Hmm. for the spirit down into the, into the States. Interesting. Go us. Right. Just getting the Americans drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Way to go us. Um, But Canadian whiskey is really unique because historically a lot of rye has been used instead of other grains as well, like barley or corn. Rye has been the main grain here because rye just grows really well in a colder temperature. It's a little bit of a hardier grain. So a lot of the taste that you get from Canadian whiskey and rye in particular is a little more spicy, like kind of baking spice instead of like Tabasco or jalapeno spice. Like You get a lot more baking spice out out of something like a rye. Um, so that's a really classic like whiskey flavor for Canadian whiskey. It's like sweet spicy. sweet and spicy and warm and like like cinnamon. honey and yeah. Okay. Yeah, cinnamon, cloves, allspice, all that. Um another big one that so like there's the big four types of whiskey, which is Scotch, Irish, Bourbon, and Canadian. But then outside of that, there's another big player that's quite new within the last century or so, and that's Japanese whiskey. Interesting. Japanese whiskey is so huge. Um, so, yeah, Japan in the 17th century, and this is going back a little bit just in history, Japan really isolated themselves from the rest of the world for about 200 years. Hmm. Um, they didn't want any outside influence. They just wanted to live their lives and like, fine, no sweat. Um, until an American sailor named Matthew Perry... Uh, not the friend's not actor. Bing. Not Chandler Bing. Yeah. Um, he eventually came to Tokyo in 1853. So he demanded at that point that Japan start doing business again. And Japan saw at that point how far they were, how far behind they were compared to the rest of the world. Interesting. Like the technology that they saw this American coming across with in the mid 1800s. That feels shocking just to like me. blew their minds. That feels so shocking to me. Because they've worked so hard ever since to be so technologically ahead yeah. of everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny like the yeah, way that it's flipped now. Yeah. Like they saw that they were behind they're like nope and Never they just again. worked their asses <laughs> yeah. off to be. Yeah. <laughs> um so yeah at that time um Japan was introduced to whiskey from America. Okay. So they tried to recreate it. They couldn't quite do it. They then sent a chemist from a like a sake making family to Scotland in where was it in uh, eight in nineteen eighteen. Um, That's relatively recent. So like quite recent to the fourteen hundreds. Yeah. Interesting. So the guy that they sent, his name was. Uh, Masataka Takatsuru. Oh my and he gosh. was a Say chemist. It again. That is so cool. Masa, 
Masataka Taketsuru. <laughs> I love it. He was uh, yeah, a chemist from a sake-making family. He was sent to Scotland to learn what he could about this spirit, with, right. about this incredible spirit. And then when he came back, he started making whiskey with his friend uh, Shinjiro Tori. So the two of them really got into it, and they both wanted to make, to like start a distillery. Right. But they couldn't figure out a place to do it. Um, Masataka really wanted to have it in, where was it, in the Hokkaido area in Japan, because it was really geographically similar to Scotland. Okay. And that was just something that he was familiar with. Uh, but Shinjiro decided to build in Yamazaki. And so Masataka named his distillery uh, Nika, and then Shinjiro named his distillery Yamazaki. And Oh, sorry. No, he named his distillery Suntory in the Yamazaki region. So still to this day, like Nika and Suntory are the two biggest producers of whiskey in Japan. That's cool. And it's and it was caused and they're still they still have a really bitter rivalry between the two companies as well. They're really big competitors. And that Which was just started by one guy going to friends, going to Scotland. Right? And yeah, and they were friends. So and then they happened? had this business decision that one wanted to do one thing and the other wanted to do another huh, and interesting um but i think Don't really like as a result <laughs> you've got two pretty incredible distilleries coming out with two pretty incredible lines of yeah. the same spirit yeah so the ingenuity that came out as a result of it is pretty cool hmm. well because like japanese whiskey too i mean everybody likes different whiskeys like um my cousin mm-hmm. prefers Irish, um, I think I, I'm kind of switching. I used to prefer scotch. I'm kind of switching over um, to the bourbon, but people have their preferences. Um, but scotch often ends up being like the prevalent whiskey, I think. Um, and maybe the more refined, like it's the most expensive whiskey you can buy. I think the Safeway Liquor Buyer House has a bottle of scotch for, yeah. I think it's yeah. 1200 bucks. No, it might be. No, I'm wrong on that. It's 12 grand. Um, yeah, it seems about right. Yeah, and they, but it can get up there. It can get it's up there. Like it's a forty year, it's a forty year old Scotch. I don't know what distillery. Uh, Glenfiddich, cool. But like twelve thousand dollars. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, and there's there's <laughs> bottles of Scotch that are way more like hundreds of thousands of dollars for a bottle of Scotch. Side note: People have been. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to get tickets to the Taylor Swift concert. And, oh, in Toronto? Yeah, and people think that I'm nuts because it's, you know, it's rumor has it that they're ridiculously um, yeah. expensive tickets. And so then some of my friends just keep sending me all these, like, reels on Instagram that it's like, like, well, actually, my sister just sent me one the other day and she was like, you could go to Disneyland for a day for the <laughs> price that you could um, go to Taylor Swift for an evening. And I'm Man. like, step off, okay? Like, but, like, there's something... It, it's the it's the availability of it totally right like i get that for sure like there's nothing better than going to your favorite band's concert totally there's nothing better like foo fighters three and a half hours and it was one of the best shows i've ever seen it was okay. unbelievable how much this is like a full-on tangent now but how much how what is the <laughs> most that you've spent Speaking on a concert expensive ticket? things yeah um you know what i want to say it was like 120 Oh, okay, so not very much. Something and how like much that? have you spent 
Matthew on a concert ticket before? Like a single ticket? Like a single ticket. Was I don't think I've spent more than that. Like probably 120 bucks. Okay, so. Yeah. Like in, that's all not but, the right but, audience to bring I know. <laughs> but <laughs> ticket prices have skyrocketed over the last like five years. That's true. true. And true. over the last five years, the only concerts I've been to have been like small Canadian folk acts, right? right? right. And that, or like metal bands that have a fairly small following that you can still see for 30 yeah. to right. 50 bucks. Yeah. But any major act um, is charging, like even for nosebleeds, you're looking 100 plus. Like Blink sure. was just in Calgary, right? And they were over $200 for like nosebleeds. Right. Right. right, and, and so and I remember seeing that's just too much. Yeah, and I remember seeing Blink for like forty bucks. I guess you're not going to Taylor's so. then. That's <laughs> uh, a soft no, no. Soft I also no, and like I know we're on a tangent, but I just don't really listen to Taylor Swift. Well, I probably should. See you later. I honestly should. I listen to a lot of Taylor Swift because of my wife and um, Parker love and like I know our I'm daughter Parker her. loves Taylor Swift because nice. of Andrea too. But yeah. yeah. She's a brilliant songwriter. Like, I have only good things to say about Taylor Swift. Like, I'm not a Swifty, but I would see her in a heartbeat. Mm. Well, actually, I wouldn't because I'm not going to spend the same amount that Andrew's <laughs> going to spend to go see her. It comes from the same bank account, though. But, yeah. um, whatever. Yeah. She's Taylor Swift's incredible. So, like, Taylor Swift is the $12,000 bottle of scotch. In, in the window in my for you, life, essentially, I would say probably yeah. Yeah, Taylor At Swift point. is the John Lennon of our. I've heard and, and same with Elvis too. Like I've had, I've heard comparisons to sure, um, yeah. like her having the same effect on people that Elvis had on people in his era. That is wild, man. Yeah. Holy cow! Now to bring it all back, twelve thousand dollars for a bottle of scotch, because people say scotch is so refined and all these other yeah, things. Yeah. But I've seen like Japanese whiskeys for like the same price with people saying similar yeah. things that Japanese whiskey and scotch are very comparable with the Japanese. Like well, and I've heard and a lot of people Historically, say, they share the same route. Yeah. Because Japanese whiskey started by a guy going to Scotland. Yeah. But I've also yeah. heard about Scottish whiskey. I haven't had a lot of Japanese whiskeys. Um, I'm kind of, yeah. But I have heard some people say that they... Like Scotch people who have said they've liked the Japanese whiskeys, they've tried more. Maybe they're just slightly more refined. Really? Or it's just like Scotch and then just a touch better. Yeah. For some I've, distilleries. I've dabbled in a few Japanese whiskeys. And like I've got a bottle of Suntory Toki at home right now. And it is, oh, it's just lovely. Suntory it's makes so beer nice. too, don't they? Suntory, uh, it's a different, no, that's, um, oh, shoot. What is that company? Oh. Sapporo. Sapporo. I'm thinking Sapporo. That's the one. Yeah, not Suntory. <laughs> um, yeah. What are these looks for, Andrea? I'm not giving any looks. I'm just watching you guys talk about whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, that was a talk about beer. Sorry. Uh, I like booze. Speaking of booze, uh, what what do we say we get on to the next drink? Yes. I, I wonder, I'm, as we look at this next drink, which is... An old fashioned. Yeah, the next one would be an old fashioned. Um, and there is an orange peel in it. I wonder what this. What did we? Saw? This was a whiskey smash. Yeah. So the what first would one it be is a whiskey like smash. A, an orange. It would be a different drink. You could you could easily do an orange in it. I just think it would be orange less, doesn't like, come across puckery. as like as well as lemon. Right. Like you, you need something a little stronger, almost acidic wise, to cut through. You want the pucker the, then the strength of the of the alcohol. But cheers. Oh, that was very let's loud. Hope the, let's hope the camera caught, or the, the mic caught tink, that. Tink, tink. That's tink, what I say tink, to Parker as we Tink, tink. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Why did we do whiskey? I was going to say... <laughs> Well, Jamo wanted to. It was Jamo's turn to teach. I know. I know. Yeah, I was gonna say it is a little. Um, you can tell it's been sitting on the ice cube for a while. Yeah, it's been sitting there for a minute. So it's very for sure. But it is. It's very gentle. But, but well, except reason, for Andrea. But okay, it's, so, it's tasty. So the the whiskey that I chose for this is the old granddad. Uh, it's a fifty percent bourbon. It's bottled in bond as well. Maybe I should get that for my dad for Christmas. And it's very good. <laughs> I actually got a bottle I... of this for my dad for his birthday this year. Well, my um, dad is granddad, though. Exactly. T- so I got I got my dad a bottle of is this. Is he not Opa? He's, well, he's grandpa. Oh, okay. He's grandpa. But I got him a bottle of this because, yeah, he's now... This is his first year as an old granddad. Yeah. So. <laughs> I would have assumed that he would have gone with Opa. Well, I don't think there's a whiskey called Old Opa. Well, I know that. I'm not talking about the alcohol. I'm just s- separately. Well, if, so if my dad would have chosen to go by Opa yeah. instead of grandpa. I don't know. Well, you are duchies. Yeah. Interesting. Is your mom grandma? Yes. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So this bourbon. Tell me more. Um, high rye mash billets. So that would mean that it's got at least it's 51% corn, but yeah. the majority of the other grain. So like a weeded bourbon would ha- is that wheat up to 49%. So this would be, would make sense that it's a high rye in the other, somewhere yeah. in that other 49%. And I think the rye in this at the higher proof definitely cuts through a little bit. Mm. Like you get a little bit of that rye vibe to what it. What does higher proof mean? Um, higher percentage. It's just a yeah, higher alcohol percentage. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's actually a good question too. Is like the once you get proof. into like the term proof is um so like with this bourbon, with this old granddad, it's a hundred proof, but that doesn't mean that it's a hundred percent. So right. if you hear something is a certain level of proof, then it's um it is that number cut in half oh, so there's okay there's a bourbon out there called uh, wild turkey 101 it's one of my favorites it's so good it's very tasty very tasty and it's exactly 50.5 percent alcohol Whoa. so when you double that then it becomes 101 right so the name of it is also it's proof but and now like matt and i are trying this it's like i've, I've still got a little bit of this irish here but you're you should you're finish off, the you should finish off that Irish. So what, then. What's what's your first thought of this bourbon? I'm take one of those. We'll sip here. Mm. <laughs> this is hilarious. <laughs> Matt, I've done like for, obviously this is an audio format, so we can't see that I Matt just know. like blinked a few times. <laughs> I've never done like a whiskey tasting, so I can't sit here and be like, oh, it has oh, notes of this, that, and the other. And you got to come over for a whiskey tasting sometime in my place. I've done whiskey tasting with friends where we all got drunk off of different whiskeys. Right, yeah. Um, but like to actually do that, hmm, there's notes of vanilla and caramel, but it does start sweet and it finishes like almost with a bit of a spice to it. And yeah. that would be the, that would be that rye finish where it's that for like sure. kind of clove cinnamon taste. Hmm. Mm. Andrea, you would hate yeah. it. I don't want it. It definitely starts sweet. And then, yeah, the spice on the end for sure. It's nice. It's got, yeah. Oh, see, that's just comfort. And it man. definitely leaves that higher proof kind of like tingle. Like you can tell that it's a 50% yeah, You can whiskey. feel it's a bit beefier for sure. Beefier. Beef. Sorry, can you go? I, I wonder. Beef. Well, no, I never mind. Oh, go ahead. Well, I just, why, why, how does it, what's the process of it getting cut in half? I don't. 
Uh, oh, the proofing? like with the proof versus why do they double the ABV? Proof? Mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly. I, do I know I've I've d- heard the story on it, and I can't remember exactly what it is. Okay, something to do with the distilling process or yeah. something. There, uh, I know there was like some old terminology for it mm. that it was the proof of it was some kind of like proof of validation. I think okay. for the strength of it. Interesting, and that kind of makes sense when you think about the history of it in Ireland where all these distillers that were producing it were watering it down. Right. So it had to be at a certain percentage. Right. And legally, there's there's a lot of legality about what a whiskey has to be as a minimum ABV or okay. alcohol by volume. Okay. So all whiskey universally has to be at least 40% ABV. Um, but it can, I think in the States, bourbon can get up to, legally, it's allowed to be up to 80%. Holy which Moses. Is unbelievable that's crazy it's just too much that's way too much way too much dangerous yeah proof uh as it's used in regards to booze harkens back to when traders would have to literally prove that their hooch was the real deal there we go okay according to the university blah 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 blah, william b jensen from cincinnati in 16th century england traders would drench a pellet of gunpowder in liquor to determine the spirit's potency if it was still possible to ignite the wet gunpowder, the alcohol content of the liquor was rated above proof and it was taxed at a higher rate. Oh, interesting. Mm. So proof That's stuck. cool. Um, but yeah, in America, the standard it refers to has nothing to do with gunpowder. Uh, around 1848, 50% alcohol by volume was chosen as a baseline when 100 was used because 50% is the baseline. 100 is like it's 100% right. liquor or like yeah. 100% of the drink because it's 50% proof and that was the standard. So anything above or below. So. Hmm. Um, there you go. History. Okay, Andrea just tried a sip of the old fashioned again, and she pretty much had a seizure, I think, on the I mean, couch. That was <laughs> not like her favorite drink. A lot of uh, furious head wagging, like, no, I reject this. Was you do that, not receive it. Was <laughs> that the old fashioned? Yes. The, okay. Yeah, the old fashioned. I put it the, out the of last, my reach. The last cocktail that I prepared for us is a, is a Manhattan. Oh, that's going to be. Um, and a Manhattan is. Actually, I'll I'll rewind. I'll go back to the old fashioned. The old fashioned is one of the oldest, like just most classic whiskey cocktails. It is simple syrup or sugar. Um, traditionally, it was like a sugar cube, and then you mm-hmm. put bitters onto mm-hmm. it, That's and then I you mix it, it with ice and whiskey. Yeah. Um, and so you get this lovely evolution of it, where it gets sweeter as you get more into it, because the Sugar is dissolving a little more into the bottom of the drink. I prefer using syrup because I like it to be similar kind of all the way through. Right. But to each his own. And this old fashioned I did with maple syrup as well. It is very sweet. It's it's good and sweet. It's lovely. And I looked it up. It would be gluten free. Oh, okay. Due to the stilling process, as you guys. Okay. I kind of figured. But because it doesn't be have sure. wheat in it. No, well, even or one that does, even have wheat, does have wheat. So even if like, so this is at least fifty-one percent corn. Even if it had and like high rye mash. Even if it had wheat, um, any kind of weeded liquor that's over a certain percentage is gluten-free because of the distilling okay, process. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Now you know. Now you know. Yeah. It's a tasty drink, though. Super I think an old fa- old fashioned is my favorite cocktail. Like it's, it's it's a go-to for me. Like it's a, not I love it. mine. A smoked old fashioned is <laughs> oh, one of the best things we you can know. drink, mm. and that's okay. Like you can, you, yeah. you like your margaritas. Oh, I love a margarita. Me too. Mm. I'll drink a daiquiri. Oh, I love a daiquiri. I will drink what love a people might say are the girly drinks because they're tasty. Yeah. They are. 
Um, one resource that I've been plumbing the depths of for a few years now is a YouTube channel called The Whiskey Tribe. Mm-hmm. And they have isn't a Facebook a, group. Isn't that a type of whiskey? Like the whiskey isn't tribe. Isn't there a whiskey? Well, they they do Would have a whiskey. Yes. So the YouTube channel is based out of a distillery in Texas. Okay. And so our mutual friend Sam actually got me a bottle of that whiskey from this distillery that I've been watching on YouTube for years. Oh, cool. So I finally got this bottle like last year, and I was just nerding out like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I actually have this whiskey. Mm -hmm. Because you can't get it in Canada. They don't distribute outside of the States. Okay. So if if you're to get it, you got to go to the distillery or go to someone who's a retailer for this whiskey, buy it, and then you can like bring it across the border. But That's how I got my aviation gin. Which is also now available in Canada. It is. At the time it wasn't. Yeah. And at the time it was way cheaper in the States too. Probably still is. I believe it. Probably still is. That exchange rate is brutal. She's stupid. But this YouTube channel is something that I've been following for a long time. Hmm. And it's, it's really cool to see people that are really into whiskey talk very in depth about whiskey but also in an approachable way like they do whiskey reviews on a lot of stuff that they get sent by fans all over the place um they have a distillery that is the world's first crowdfunded distillery which is really cool so they run a patreon campaign people donate every month they have income from that they also have income from the distillery itself and from the bar and the or the the tap room the tasting room um and so they're you know it's it's quite the project that they've been on for a long time but i've learned so much about whiskey just from watching this youtube channel like these guys are really knowledgeable they fact check everything that they talk about their um their knowledge about this spirit and the spectrum that this spirit encompasses is pretty incredible so 10 out of 10 if if you're curious about whiskey at all in any capacity and you want to learn a little bit more or just watch some people doing like tiktok cocktails or they do like um they do videos where they have someone who's a complete whiskey noob come in and they just put some stuff in front of them and say okay what are you tasting in this what are you tasting this um like i'm getting a lot of this what do you think about that right and they just ask people what do you find in this? That's cool. So it's pretty cool. It's it's a great channel. Ten out of ten would recommend. I do just want to call out Andrea for taking a picture. Whether she's probably gonna post it Instagram. Keep our Instagram people <laughs> and that's okay. right. She's making like the strong alcohol face. She's really taking a drink, but she face. didn't actually take a drink. She's faking. They don't it. need to know that. <laughs> they know now. They know now. They won't that know because they'll know in a week. Who edits this? <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know Andrea doesn't. We roommates. That feels rude. <laughs> We're roommates. Well, I know she does. Okay, she's generating content right now. We're roommates. Yeah. It's fun. And we live in the same house. When would you sit down here and use a program that I know you've never used to before? To be honest, mm. um, I have recorded these occasionally, and you've been like, when did you even have time to record that? No, I know so when you sit down in the basement and talk to JMO. Now you do, but when I first started... And yeah, you I'd were be at, at work. work, but I know you've never opened Logic or GarageBand. Anyways, Andrea <laughs> faked that good. picture. I, I control everything from my end with ZenCaster. I just hit record, and then we're on, and it's perfect. All I'm it's saying is Andrea simple. faked that picture. I she should have made it real and taken an actual <laughs> drink. I would. So it would have been real shaky. Face. It would have been shaky. It wouldn't. Ugh, so the picture's better because it's. Leave I mean, me that makes alone. sense. That's social media, yeah. right? You take the yeah, better yeah. picture. 
for sure. The better content is the one that she took. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Better for Earth podcast. You caught me with a mouthful of uh, whiskey smash there. Um, Andrea, I'm curious now. Yeah. Having heard all of this, what like what what questions have you got about whiskey? I've been asking them as they've come up. I'm that's true. Mostly just like processing all of this, but yeah, like what was the question I asked you upstairs when we were, Oh, I was, I had asked you because, okay, we've had two drinks now. One has been with the Jameson whiskey and one has been with old granddad over there. Oh yeah. Um, and I had asked you upstairs as you were making them, how do you decide which one to use in which cocktail? Right. Um, yes. So for, for these three, like I was, I, I had a toss up between the Manhattan or like a whiskey sour Mm-hmm. And I figured the flavor of a whiskey sour and also the whiskey smash, they both have lemon in them. Sure. So I figured that might be a bit much for lemon. So I would do something more classic and traditional with the Manhattan, which, you know what, I'm going to just like grab one and then. Oh, yes. And then we'll uh, <sighs> tell you this. Now you should take the picture. Yeah. Now you now should take the picture with the Manhattan. It. So a Manhattan is. <laughs> <laughs> Andrea smelled it. Andrea just took. Uh, a whiff and almost up chucked um, back a, into a the bit glass. of a gag. <laughs> you just have like a little sip and then you don't oh, touch she's it. She's not looking forward to this oh, no. at all. Like okay, guys, <laughs> I saved my whiskey smash so that I would have something to like. There we go. It's strategy. Sit down with. It's strategy. Well, cheers. Bottoms up. I'm not bottoms, bottoms up. up. No way, man. <laughs> oh man. Oh, gosh, it's so strong. My nostrils like, are burning. Just like wet your tongue with it. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had a Manhattan before, and this is. This I don't is know. Nice. I've had a Manhattan, and I'm I'm about to tuck into mine here. What What do you think, Matt? That's nice. <laughs> First, Andrea, tell us what you think. What do you taste? What do you notice? What are the notes? I don't know. I just tasted enough to have it in my mouth, and I don't like it. Oh, that's what she said. <laughs> You're disgusting. That's that's really nice. I like that a lot. It's Andrea's like you two are crazy. It's yeah, I, I should have brought stuff to make a margarita, or like or a, or a daiquiri or something. I mean, she likes the whiskey smash. Yeah. yeah, I feel like a whiskey smash, like a whiskey sour, is just I don't is the most cocktailish. It's the most I accessible. Wouldn't, I wouldn't yeah. order it. I wouldn't order it at a restaurant. You wouldn't order the a whiskey smash? smash. No, you might no. order a whiskey sour. Maybe because they're what a was little. The they're those? even. I feel like they're even lighter on yeah. the whiskey flavor. Okay, a whiskey sour, and like we're getting into cocktail territory, and that's a whole other episode. Yeah, like that would be the, Again, the history of cocktails. So now you know that JMO's so next wild. episode is gin, and the one after that is cocktails. Yeah, <laughs> and I am and okay Andrea to sit is on off the hook. We're I'm just sitting on both of them. We're just putting in backlog here. It's it's all going to be on the back burner. Well, yeah. I don't know if I've contributed anything worthwhile to this episode but if you do those two please invite me i feel yeah, like it's been a good uh, sounding board you can sit in this whole me. conversation <laughs> right. it's been good i feel like if you'd had me in the last one too i'm kind of a middle ground between mm, right yeah. i don't know all like i haven't done a deep dive into whiskey i yeah. love whiskey um but i haven't done a deep dive like you have and disney i haven't gone 10 times i've gone once yeah but I've, it's that middle ground you're you're like you're like uh, Ron Burgundy, you know, like, oh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not at all prepared. I, I dabble, right? San Diego pulls the flute out and then completely destroys Spanish for. Uh, I won't finish well, that one on your podcast here. Well, we know. 
Who you know? I don't you know if you know, you know. Andrew, do you know I, that quote? I don't know what you said, and I don't need to. It's okay. We're moving on. It's all good. Moving on. Um, um, oh, yes. So, the, so all this to say, I'm I'm going to answer your question, oh, yeah. Andrea, about Deciding which, what whiskeys I chose yeah, for yeah. each drink. So with the three drinks that I chose, um, the whiskey uh, or the, the old-fashioned is typically with bourbon. You can you can use other whiskeys, but bourbon is just the best. Right. It it just holds up better to a little bit of sugar and a little bit of bitters, and you still get so much of the whiskey that comes through it. And if it's not a bourbon old fashioned, they would have to indicate that it's not bourbon, right? Like because when I think of an old fashioned, it so. is bourbon, right? It's like if you yeah. got um a margarita and it wasn't tequila in it, you'd be like or in Moscow Mule and there wasn't vodka in it. It's like this is there's something different. Right. This drink isn't but what I expected I think it to be. At that point, that becomes a different discussion of like different spirits versus different varieties of the same spirit. Mm-hmm. So a bourbon is is one variety of the spirit that is whiskey, but with vodka, it would be like it's vodka is vodka is vodka. Okay. Well. Okay. We can look at it this way too. A martini, right? Is yeah. vodka. Um, dry vermouth. vermouth, and it has. But it, if it's sweet vermouth instead of dry vermouth, then it's not a martini. Then it's not a martini, no. right? Then it's. A, I don't know if it would be a sweet martini or something else. Well, okay. So martinis uh, are a really complex, like nuanced thing. There are so there are thousands of versions of the martini. Yeah. There are so so many. I like, know I've contributed to a lot even... of tangents, but I'm sitting in a room with two dudes that have ADHD, <laughs> and it's tray tray obvious right now. Yeah. Like we are, they're we getting, are hyper focused. They are getting the hyper fixation. Completely yeah. different. With, like Andrew is watching like spirits. a Tesla coil arc of electrical <laughs> yeah. cocktail energy. I mean, as soon as you said right that, now. like I should. That's funny. Like, yeah, I like just like went hard on like looking at like researching and all this stuff. I was like, yeah, that's you hyper focused hard for sure. But okay. you know what? I I really like. Again, like going back to that Whiskey Tribe channel, I really like it because they do deep dives on right. a lot of this stuff. They'll do deep dives on Scotch. They'll do deep dives on Irish. The Whiskey and Tribe is also ADHD. <laughs> for sure. I'm sure there's a lot of people at that distillery with ADHD. But, okay, no all doubt. that to say, though, if I was at a bar and I ordered an Old Fashioned, and instead of using a bourbon, they used um, an Islay Scotch. Right. Right. So yeah. you are suddenly getting this like peat and you're getting this like smoky. It's like this isn't an old it's fashioned. Just super wrong. Yeah. Like, or like even like fashioned. imagine like Jameson <laughs> in your old fashioned, like bourbon has a distinct taste to it. It's got a, a heartiness right. and like it's a gotta body be that, to that it. corn mash, right? Yeah. Where you don't have that smokiness, but you have these other whatever bourbon flavors it's might just be got a lot that, of vanilla that and other things. Depth of flavor. And so if if it's a scotch or even if it's like the kind of gentleness of an Irish whiskey, mm-hmm. it completely ch- to the point that I'm going, this isn't an old-fashioned anymore. Right. Right? So but, to some extent, I feel like you can get an an Irish old-fashioned. Yeah. But yeah. it's, there's a, it's, it's distinct or it's, you're told that it's not a standard old-fashioned made with bourbon. Right. Right? Once you get into like cocktail territory and you start talking about different drinks, like there are some drinks where it is illegal for you to say that this is the cocktail I'm serving you if it doesn't have this specific right. spirit that makes in sense. it from this specific 
manufacturer. It's like in the UK how a pint has to be 20 ounces. Right. Yeah. Hear that, all of Canada? A pint is supposed to be 20 ounces. Yeah. I'm tired of 16 ounces. Get on like it, Canada. 14-ounce pints. Figure it out. Like, a pint it, is 20 ounces. Like, Henrik always has trouble when we go to a restaurant and... Like when we would go to Earl's all the time, and it was yeah. like a pint and a sleeve, and he was like, "Which one's the bigger one?" Like how? Because he's like, "How much?" Because <laughs> yeah. I think probably too, like in America, it's different. I think a pint is supposed to be twenty, and a sleeve is sixteen. And I think it's sixteen and fourteen. I feel here, like isn't it's it? sixteen and twelve. Yeah, at Earl's, it's something like sixteen and twelve, but it's supposed to be right. Like yeah. in the UK, anyways, it's a twenty and a, like a pint is twenty ounces. That's interesting. I hate ordering a pint and having it be this tiny little like okay center glass, <laughs> brother or oh mother. Um, but to finish now, the question that you <laughs> oh asked <my> me, <laughs> because of our little ADHD train, um, the, so the old fashioned is made with bourbon because again, traditionally old fashions are made with bourbon. Um, the Manhattan is made with a rye. So I brought a rye that I got in Kimberly two summers ago from a distillery out there. And this rye specifically is a hundred percent rye grain used okay. to make it. It's not like a fifty-one percent, and then you're doing wheat and maybe some barley. Like this is a hundred percent rye. Full this on whiskey. Rye. Rye's um, not my favorite, this but is, I'll give a sip of this it. This is just Canadian product as well. It's interesting too. I was looking into rye and like the reasoning for. Obviously, like they call it rye because it's made with rye grain, but right. in Canada. You're allowed to have any amount of rye within your whiskey, as long as there's some rye in it. So but it still in be the like states. You have to have in order for it to be called rye in the states. If it's a product of the of the United States, it has to have at least fifty one percent rye. But rye is traditionally Canadian. That's interesting. So the so the whiskey itself and like the product and the origins of it come from Canada. But in the States, in order for it to legally be called rye, it has to have 51%. But in Canada, you can put whatever you want in it. So if, you could have 20% rye so then and like this, 70% corn, they, 10% barley. Do they barley. sell Canadian rye in the States then? Or is it just like... In if it's over 51, yes. it would probably... Right? In, they can still sell Canadian product in the States, but it's it's like us buying scotch here. Like scotch, in order for it to legally be called scotch, it has to be produced... And distilled and bottled in Scotland. Right. And so we can still buy scotch here, but we just get it through a distributor. It's the same thing with rye that's produced and manufactured and bottled in Canada and then shipped to the States. Okay. But if if you're producing a, a rye in America and calling it a rye, it has to be 51%. But if it's produced grain. in Canada and they sold in the States, but if it's 20% rye, yeah. they can still sell it as Canadian rye. Yeah. They don't have to change and just say Canadian whiskey. They can call it Canadian rye. Exactly. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, yeah. But that that's interesting. I didn't know that about rye because it makes sense. Because I think about this so old granddad here who's 51% yeah. corn at least, <laughs> and yeah. then says high rye, finish, whatever. I mean, that could... like. Canada could make that 51% corn. It could be 49% rye, whatever it is, and still yeah. call it a rye, even though it's the exact same mash that old granddad uses. But for them, it because at be, least there's rye It would it. have to be off by the 2%. So it would have to be, in order for it to be a rye in the States, it would have to be 51% uh, right. rye. Right, but in Canada... then the like a other dis- 49% some, corn. But a producer in Canada could make old granddad exactly as it is and call it rye because it's... I mean, they can't call it bourbon because it's not made in the States. That's they do it, true. They could do it yeah. exactly the same, 
but call it rye instead of bourbon because there's rye in it. Yeah. I'm sure that there's, there's there's probably copyright or whatever oh, I'm on patents on, on recipes. But, but you, you could do the same ratio of yeah. 51% corn to 49% rye, make it in Canada and call it rye. But like as sure. long as you like you might not know the exact recipe or how exactly how they distill or ferment yeah. and do those things, but you could you could probably get it pretty close if you know how to do these things. Like it's right. all pretty That's, similar. Yeah. Um you know, but a, a really a really interesting thing about whiskey too, and um we're getting into like the legality of what things are allowed to be called. Now that we're talking about rye and what things can be called um based on what country it's made in. If you get into something like single malt, single malt within, um, if if you were if we're talking about something like um, Glenfiddich Twelve, like that is a single malt whiskey that is produced at the Glenfiddich Distillery, and essentially what Glenfiddich can do is they can make like a hundred bottles, sorry, a hundred barrels of whiskey. They can pull from those hundred barrels whatever flavor notes they want from those barrels to make the flavor profile that is Glenfiddich Twelve, but they they have to do so from within the Glenfiddich Distillery. Mm-hmm. But then you get something like a blended Scotch, or if and we we were talking about this Matt earlier, we were talking about um, like Bullet Bourbon and Bullet Rye. Those whiskeys are made and sourced by. Um, a I think it's a collective of distillers or a collective in the states where they source barrels from multiple mm-hmm. distilleries so they could grab something from Elijah Craig. They could grab something from Jack Daniels. They could grab something from Buffalo Trace. And they're pulling those barrels together and blending them to make the flavor profile that they want Bullet Bourbon to be. Hmm. So Bullet Bourbon is a product of this conglomerate corporation that is sourcing barrels from all over the country to make a bourbon. They're still allowed to call it bourbon because it still meets all the legal requirements for something that is supposed to be called bourbon in America because they're getting everything from the States. But um, but they can't call it something like a single malt because it's not from one distillery. Right. So single so malt the, is just saying it's a single distillery. Yeah. I used to so think... Like I thought, Glenfiddich 12 is a single malt from the Glenfiddich distillery that for, they could pull from five different barrels to get the flavor all, profile that is Glenfiddich 12. Oh, really? Because I thought at Glenfiddich 12, it has to have been aged for 12 years. The age statement... So Glenfiddich 12, the number 12 just means that the youngest whiskey in that bottle is 12 years old. Okay, so there because can be, it's pulled... There can be other whiskeys that are 13, 15, 17 years old, but the youngest whiskey in that bottle is 12 years. So they have to say it's a 12-year bottle. Yeah, I had thought that um, it being Feels single like a malt... a way to say that, or to do that. I I had <laughs> thought that, well, you wanted older whiskey, so maybe you have a tiny bit of the bottle is from a 12, but you have these mm-hmm. all these other bottles are way older. It would change. Anyways... Well, I had thought that at that malt. point you're getting into something like single barrel. I think single barrel is the classification for this came from this one barrel that is X number of years old. And right. I thought that a like saying that it's a single malt referred to single barrel, but single malt, yeah, that changed things at a twelve. That's and I guess it makes sense, right? Because mm. the 
Um, so Legavulin Lega 16 is one of my favorite as far as like I, one of my favorite I just scotches. tried it like a month ago and like a little bro, too peaty. That blew my head off. It was so good. It's delicious, but it, it was is unreal. Smoky. Like that is the bottle that I will be buying for myself on my 33rd birthday this year. So for sure. Legavulin, yeah, Legavulin 16 is one of my favorites. It's on the high end of what I'm willing to pay for your standard bottle of scotch. How much is it? Mm-hmm. What is it in Lego comparison 16, to Taylor Swift tickets? The last time I bought Lego Balloon 16 was maybe 80 like bucks? 120. Is it? Okay. Um, well, but you can get it cheaper from Lego Balloon 12. I think it's 12, maybe it's a 14. You're looking at that it's like 70 to 90 dollar range. Um, right. But that so Lego Balloon 16 would mean that the youngest whiskey that's in that bottle is at least 16 years old. Yeah, and so There I've, can be other whiskeys in there or other barrels in there that are older right. than that 16. Mm. But what I'm... Interesting. Yeah, but what makes sense to me about that, that I didn't know until right now, um, is I've bought a few bottles of Lake of Lone 16, and they always taste like a Lake of Lone 16. So it's right. blending these yep. different casks to get the flavor profile that they're exactly. looking for. Interesting. It's That's like cool. sourdough. But then you get into these. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you get into really. these like 17 or whatever the one was at Safeway, the $12,000 like bottle of whiskey, this Glenfiddich. Right. Um, Glenmorangie? Glenfiddich. Um, it's like a 40-year single cask. Like it came from this one cask that we like. Yeah. So that's right. okay, interesting. Yeah. There's this thing, there's this term in the whiskey world called flavor drift where there's, I think there's one brand that I'm thinking of, it's called Monkey Shoulder. And I just picked up a bottle of this the other day, but there's been within this brand of Monkey Shoulder. So Monkey Shoulder is a blended Scottish whiskey, meaning that Monkey Shoulder as a brand pulls from, I think, I think Monkey Shoulder is three different distilleries. So they pull barrels from three different distilleries combine them to create the flavor profile that is monkey shoulder. But over the years, people have noticed a slight drift in the flavor profile of monkey shoulder. So with something like um, like a blended scotch that is from multiple sources, it gets tricky once you're blending from a few different places to get the same profile of flavor that you had the previous year or the previous year before that. Right. So that mm. that's really interesting. And one one thing as well that's been really controversial about like Japanese whiskey specifically is that Japanese whiskey is not or Japanese. I'm not sure exactly, but the laws around Japanese whiskey don't dictate that you have to say what distillery these whiskeys came from. Mm. So some of these distilleries are sourcing barrels from who knows where and they're not they don't have to provide age statements and they don't have to say where these barrels came from. So they can say this is a Japanese whiskey, but maybe they got half of the barrels from Scotland and some of them from Ireland. And then they brewed like a third of it themselves. So there's been a lot of controversy around Japanese whiskey for a while about that particular regulation as well. Like, Mm. But naming like that, an age statement as well as naming where your barrels are from. With that though, would you not expect? Let's say I kept buying the same bottle of Japanese whiskey, whatever brand. Would you not expect somewhat that it's going to have one the same proof, sure, right? But also the same pr- flavor profile. So if what you're looking for is this, 
the flavor profile does it not like does it really matter which distilleries it's coming from i think it does matter unless then you're unless we're saying that unless the controversy is that from bottle to bottle the same japanese whiskey is going to taste completely different right if if it was a different product like if you were getting this flavor profile from one and a completely different from another and they had the same label on it then that would be like that would just be bad blending but really, what at the end if of the day. but the the controversy is them not being clear and like having no clarity about where they're sourcing their stuff right. from because mgp they will source their stuff from all over the states to get the flavor profile that they want for bullet bourbon and that information is readily available, but with these Japanese companies, some of them aren't as transparent. And mm. so you get this murky, like, oh, where did this come from? Where did this come from, right? So the controversy is more that you can't find out for yourself where it came from. Yeah, exactly. But that, because the companies that company is transparent with right. that information. But that company is going to have the same flavor profile. Like that, if you buy the same proof or the same bottle, the same mm-hmm. offshooter, it's going to have the same taste and the same flavor exactly. profile. It's just yeah. you can't figure out what it is. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah. I want to touch it on the rye just a little bit because we've... I poured myself a little shot of the rye Yeah. to do as well. Um, to touch back to when you were talking about... Um, when you're talking about ryes versus bourbons and all that stuff. I'm not usually not a rye guy myself. Um, <laughs> rye guy. Um, <laughs> I used to play a bass for Rye Guy. I, um, I, when it comes to whiskeys, Scotch bourbon are my favorite. Usually, stray away from Rye's and therefore stray away from Rye cocktails. Sure, but I was telling you upstairs that the Co-op Gold Rye tastes like kind of like Bullet Bourbon. Um. When I think about scotch and bourbon, I think about two very different like kind of flavor profiles. No matter where within like regions, you kind of go scotch and bourbon are fairly distinct. Right. Yeah. Um, but it, you explaining that you know rye can be whatever percentage um, rye in the mash doesn't matter as long as it has rye for Canadian rye. It makes sense that like Co-op Gold can make a rye that tastes exactly like bullet bourbon and doesn't taste in what my mind a rye might be because they can do whatever they want in the mash. So let's say bullet has a rye heavy mash from one of their um, bourbons create their flavor profile. If there's something rye heavy in there or it's just even, even if there's 1% rye in it, let's say co-op cold rye only has 1% rye or essentially they, they distill it and they create it and their mash is very much like bullet bourbons or whatever it might be. It could be exactly the same, but they can't call it bourbon because, mm. because it's, it's in not Canada. made in America. It's co-op, so it's made yeah. in Canada, yeah. but it's really just bullet bourbon. But it's like, we brewed this here and distilled it here. So it's Canadian. So we're just going to call it rye because it's got a little bit of rye in it. Right. Yeah. It's interesting. It's so dude. weird. Huh. It's also the only rye that I, I don't love a lot of rye. This rye is actually pretty. It's it's very, really nice. It's, it's, it's spicy the, in the sense that I like not like spicy like hot spice, yeah. but spice in the sense of like cloves and cinnamon. I can't pinpoint which but one. This but it's very this one specifically feels sweeter to me, mm-hmm. and more mellow yeah. than a lot of rye. Yeah, like one of the rye's that that I finally finished, and a coworker recommended it to me. It was Sazerac rye. And I don't care for Sazerac. No. 
And I had this bottle on my shelf for so long, <laughs> like so long. And I, I tried to mix it with stuff and it just, uh, I can't get it. So I finally like got it finished and I will never buy Sazerac again because I know now right. that I don't like Sazerac rye. But Sazerac rye, that flavor profile is specific to a cocktail called the Sazerac, hmm. which is made with, oh, there's an L. I want to say it's Sazerac rye for sure, and then absinthe and something else in there as well. Maybe Campari. I can't remember exactly. Mm. But, and I don't know. oh no, brandy. That's it. Brandy, Sazerac rye, and then a rinse on the inside of the glass of absinthe. Interesting. But, um, but yeah, knowing you that you don't like. Don't care for that. Knowing but this that rye you, is very nice. It's very nice. To that. Knowing that you do like bullet, um, would you prefer. Or no, knowing that you like Bullet, I would recommend the like Co-op Gold Rye. It's pretty tasty. It's a uh, it's a tasty little rye. I will keep that in mind. Oh, do you like sure. Bullet or Buffalo Trace more? Okay, this this is a complex question. I like I really love Buffalo Trace. A because it's just it's a damn good whiskey. It's forty five percent, so it holds up well to mixing. Um, I can drink it straight, and it's just comfort. But Bullet Rye will always have a special place in my heart because I Bullet Rye or Bullet, bullet Bourbon? Bullet Rye, specifically. Okay. Because I remember drinking Bullet Rye with a roommate of mine and thinking to myself, I could get into whiskey with this. Mm. Like, that was my real entry gateway. point <laughs> into the world of whiskey was Bullet Rye. Your so. gateway rye. My gateway rye. That's so yeah. cute. Yeah. So cute. My gateway whiskey. Parker would hold it up to her face like this and go, so cute. Oh, mm. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. Yeah. Now, do well, you have, with whiskeys that you like, um, so this is a question I asked you earlier. If you were just to sip one straight, so not cocktails, just mm-hmm. have one of its own, just a neat whiskey. What would you go for? Would you go for Canadian, bourbon, Scotch, Irish, Japanese? Because mm. they're all like I I know that like okay certain occasions call for different drinks for sure yeah um and different cocktails call for different drinks and different you know, like right now um I I saved my old fashioned to finish last because I love an old fashioned nice. but sometimes yeah. like on a after doing this thing I call it a Kentucky Mule. It's uh, mm. so whereas a mm-hmm, Moscow mm-hmm. mule is ginger beer and vodka and lime. lime. Yeah, my Kentucky mule is just bourbon and a lot of bourbon and then ginger ale and lime. Yes, it's yeah. my like favorite summer drink. But, anyways, um, if you're just to have one neat, is there one that you prefer? Scotch bourbon, um, the Irish, one whiskey Canadian? that's jumping to mind right now, and and this is. I feel like it, it could change every week to every month. But right now, like Redbreast 12, really? Irish whiskey, it's oh, it's just so good. It's so warm and like comforting and it's vanilla and shortbread and delicate, but still complex, like top shelf. Love, love me some Redbreast 12 for sure. Yeah. Do you tend to go more to the Irish than to the I've I feel like I've been an Irish and bourbon guy mostly. 
but I'm getting into the scotches as well. Rise, I've been kind of impartial to. Like I could, I don't know. I'm Take I'm neither here it. nor there, but with with some scotches, like I'm really getting into like Brooklady, um, classic laddie. That's a good like malted barley, just single malt. That is, it's got the the sexiest bottle too. It's so cool. It's like this bright aqua kind of green with a silver cap on it. It's beautiful. The aesthetic of it is just top Have shelf. you seen the downwear bottles that have the antlers on it? Yeah, those are cool. Those are cool. Yeah. Well, there's some really cool Highland Park bottles too. Highland are, Park is Highland nice. Highland Park did yeah. like a, they have they done different whole, series. Like, feel. Yeah, and yeah. so you could get a different like Viking god, like Norse god through, like they did this different series. It was cool. Cool looking bottles. It's it, like heavy metal. It was like, and they were, yeah, and they were like collector's <laughs> items to like buy it and like have the bottles. So I've, they did a set of four different Norse gods. Anyways, also right. tasty, yeah. mm. tasty whiskey. This is just reminding me that I really do want a cricket so that when we make another batch of wine, I can like make our own wine labels. Ooh, that's cool. I think that would be fun. That would be cool. So cricket, feel <laughs> free to sponsor us. Just kidding. Cool. Well, I, I don't know. I feel like we've, Chatted a lot about whiskey. And I all know things I have contributed spirits a lot to so this much. podcast. So, <laughs> okay, honest opinion though, what do you think about like these cocktails? I mean, like honestly, I could probably do it without any of them. But if I had to, I mean, of the three of these, for sure, I would do a whiskey smash. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like I would need to try variations in the realm of the whiskey smash. The um, old fashioned and the Manhattan are just they're too whiskey. They're very <laughs> spirit forward cocktails. Sure, if that's sure. If they're very what, yeah. Like they're very overwhelming. You can yeah. be very overwhelming. It feels like way. I feel yeah. like I'm channeling my inner sixty year old man sitting in my big leather <laughs> chair, smoking my cigar. Yeah. With a bunch of other sixty-plus-year-old men, for and sure. maybe we're playing poker. And you're like Not reading really a sure. World War II history book or something. See, but I like World War II history, so I you like well, World War II. You're, you're like halfway there. Historical fiction. Yes, I do. You're right. If you like World War II, Winston Churchill was a huge whiskey drinker. Historical fiction. Yeah, I do. Like historical, it's fiction. historical. Oh, historical specifically. Correct. Historical fiction. Yeah. Yes. Okay. But World okay, War Two. I mean, like we Which were. Kind also of, enjoyed. We were kind there. of there. Right. Okay. All Anyways, right. I yeah, I don't feel like I am the right kind of palate to enjoy these drinks. Um, that's totally fair. Yeah. Yeah. But you tried them. I did. You went out of your comfort zone. <laughs> I you sure did so good. Thank you we're so, so much. proud of you, aren't we, Matt? Yeah. So proud. So proud. I mean, there's a, been a number of times where I've had like a bourbon or something, or even like an old fashioned. Like, do you want to sip? And no, not like a I'm, chance. I'm yeah. like pretty aware um, of the fact that whiskey is not my. You jam. don't like whiskey, yeah. But you tried. Granted, I don't drink a lot of like. Are we calling them spirit drinks? Is that what we're calling alcohol? Them? Yeah, I think so. Cocktails. Um, yeah, I guess Cocktails. generally yeah. alcohol. You don't drink a lot I'm of alcohol. Like, as I'm it like is. a wine. And margarita kind of girl. <laughs> you know, like the nude vodka sodas. Yeah, and yeah, I do yeah. like those as well. Sure. Yeah. Or the, the right beer. Yep, I do like some beers. But I, you like I the definitely low... come into the beer world a lot more than I was. You're a sub 15 percentage, so sub 30 proof kind of person. Oh my gosh, less than 30. Like, no, but 15 percent, right? 30 proof is 15 percent. So wines are usually like 12 to 15. So you're sure. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah, I guess technically, yeah, sure. Yeah. 
I love me some grapes. <laughs> Fair. So you like barley, but just not distilled barley. Yeah. Fermented real. barley, not distilled. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, fun. But it was or good. Like it was it was enlightening. Educating. Educated. Edu- You're like Bilbo Baggins going on an adventure. I was. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. It was good. <laughs> I... I mean, I, I would say that I learned, I did tune you guys out for a large majority of this <laughs> podcast. And that's totally fair. Um, but and that's totally so fair. sorry for like the we, big, we got, loud like, noises. Admittedly, that Matt and I were getting in the weeds for, for a bit there. You were. Which yeah. is, and like, that's I, totally okay. I think the benefit to your guys' last episode, where is you just teaching Disney to somebody who'd never been, mm-hmm. um, or Disneyland to somebody who'd never been to Disneyland, was that you didn't have somebody who you could just, like, totally, like, bounce off Deep of. dive and yeah. just be like, yeah. you can, like, that's true. I'm going to go down I did the it by myself, this. though, a couple of times for sure. Right. But whereas JMO, like, with me being you here, it's like, I love me some whiskey yeah. so we, we can, can actually we can bounce like, off each other. Yeah. Push it into this, like, deep dive research that you did today mm. you said today yesterday part of today, it today yesterday but like i've i've got a lot of knowledge accumulated right. just from years of watching but some of the extra YouTube stuff i can actually be like yeah. okay go deeper with this because because it's somebody who just enjoys the drink i can yeah um have you gone to a distillery i have actually um i was talking earlier about um, turner valley okay. down in that area black diamond i went to the eau claire distillery oh, so turner good valley, the place yeah. is great yeah i once so went cool. there <laughs> i, I once went there we yeah. had had a like um a Bachelor we call them band nights oh i thought um, cool no my old band and i we yeah. would go out to uh, my parents have a warehouse on their um on their property so we nice. would go and we'd do like we'd hang out and raid we'd practice until 2 a.m and drink a bunch and um but mostly practice slash drink and then in the morning we went to this amazing restaurant in turner valley called chuck wagon cafe it's right cool. next door oh it oh, is okay. they have it's called the flat iron steak eggs benedict and all the cattle that they like all oh. the beef is like from their own cattle farm so you had me add like um, steak so eggs flat benedict, iron steak eggs benedict it's served on a croissant in the best holiday it's oh, incredible but what? we went there okay. it's be a fairly busy spot in the mornings oh my during gosh, the do summer. you have to stay over tonight do we uh. need to go <laughs> To I would Valley like, can we go to? <laughs> I gotta have, work. I gotta work tomorrow. Oh, dang, unfortunately. Dang, yeah. dang, Anyways, um, so yeah, we went in, but there was like an hour wait to get in at ten in the morning after we had been up drinking and playing music until right. like two a.m. Yeah. or three a.m. Nice. And so, because there was an hour wait to get in, we put our names down and went next door and did a tasting at Eau Claire. Mm-hmm. Very tasty. They had just put out one of their. You couldn't buy it, but they had their first whiskey release coming. Okay, up. but sorry. Claire, so you go ahead and yeah. finish sorry, your Eau Claire. Eau Claire is gin, though, isn't it? They Eau also do a whiskey. gin, and they do vodka, and they do uh, whiskey. Okay. Uh, Rupert's is their biggest one. I love Rupert's. I could drink that stuff like all day, every day. It's so sweet and light and flavorful, and it's cheap. Mm. It's like twenty eight bucks a bottle. Some places twenty seven. Mm. Like. It's it's cheap and it's good stuff. I didn't know they did whiskey. I thought it was just gin. Well, at the time yeah. I was there, they had they only had gin. They were starting some vodkas and they had their first whiskey, their first whiskey release that was because you have right. to age it a certain amount. Right. So they had their first whiskey that was just starting to be released. Which yeah. is, well, which actually, is why we were like, able to for taste Canadian it. whiskey specifically, it has to be aged for at least three years. Okay. So there's a time at which a lot of distilleries will start yep. with vodka or gin or something easy sure. that's easy to produce sure. and just like put on Mass the shelves produce, yeah. as a way of gaining interest. And then once the age statement has been reached, 
of then three can, years, right. then they can start putting it on the shelves right. and then start producing. So that makes there sense. is that waiting period for sure. And this happened with the Whiskey Tribe. They started with a gin and then they would source barrels from other distilleries mm-hmm. and come up with their own blend. Mm-hmm. They would call it whatever name they called it. Yep. And then now they're starting to produce their own single malt mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. And they actually just won this year, they won best single malt in Texas. And Texas is a very, very competitive market for whiskey. There's so much there's so much whiskey being made in Texas. So for them to win best single malt is like pretty insane. Hmm. Yeah. That's cool. So of these three cocktails, Andrea, you say the whiskey smash is the winner. Mm-hmm. Jamie, what do you think? Uh, I'm just I'm I'm such a fan of an old fashioned. It's a go to for sure. But I love the whiskey smash in that it's a way for people who don't like whiskey mm-hmm. to say like, okay, yeah, this is cool. This oh, is you're really only tasty. serving it's whiskey here. It's a way to here? get into whiskey. <laughs> like it yeah. for me, this is an easy way to like get somebody into whiskey totally. or to at least open up someone's mind to sure. the possibility of whiskey. Yeah, you know, yeah, but I've, super drinkable. I'd never had a Manhattan, but I don't think I would order one. I liked it. I yeah. did enjoy the Manhattan, but it wouldn't be an order. Whiskey Smash is a fantastic like Saturday afternoon, Sunday sure. drink. Mm. Yeah. But my go to is still gonna be the old fashioned as well. Yeah. Tasty. Cool. Well, we're at about an hour and a half. <laughs> so what do we say we just like wrap up here? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. I feel like we've talked enough about the things that we're that we've been ingesting for the last hour and a half. Oh, you didn't know? Like I'm trying to get Taylor Swift that tickets? as a download. I'm trying to get Taylor Swift tickets. You're trying to get Taylor Swift tickets? I think so. If anyone listening has Taylor Swift tickets, Andrea needs some I Taylor Swift tickets. One. Specifically Toronto, probably. <laughs> there, well, I mean, in Canada, really Toronto is the only place. You would take Although, them anywhere? I mean, to be honest. Especially if somebody wants to donate. I'd love that. I yeah. would be... <laughs> okay. For sure. Donate to the cause of, of my Andrea heart. going to T-Swizz. Of my heart. Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we've talked enough about these spirits that this could be classified as a download. So your download, but yeah, that's fine. Well, what what what? Have it's you fine. Been I'm not hurting. Andrea, what have you been downloading? <laughs> Nothing. I'm reading a Colleen Hoover book. Cool. I'm on to the next one. So <laughs> your downloads the stuff you're taking in, right? Yeah. Yeah. Started reading the Dave Grohl book that came out. Oh, I started very um, nice. Count of Monte Cristo, and it's a long book and then i went to the library and i thought i had like two books ready and there were like 16 that's so an overstatement there were eight yeah uh so dave <laughs> so Grohl, half that exactly <laughs> proof uh 16 proof in books cool yeah um, yeah yeah there we go nice bringing it back to whiskey so dave Grohl very storytelling good. very good that's my download cool um yeah. my one download that i'll say is i finally watched um Ant-Man Quantumania. No, we, we just, just watched, watched that, that too. too. Oh, no kidding. Jinx. It was good. I don't know. Oh, we didn't right. finish it. We it didn't finish it. No, we finished that. We didn't finish Guardians. Oh, okay, right. Oh, Guardians 3. Yeah. I, so good. Which is... Oh. Guardians 3. But in the like, timeline, Guardians mind. is really? post. So good. We had to pause it because I was getting bored and tired. Andrea thought, <gasps> it, was, Andrea thought it was too slow <gasps> moving. I was loving it. Oh. <sighs> Oh, I think it's so good. I think I it's cried. great. We have we have like an hour left. I but full on cried really enjoying that it. movie. It was so good. No spoilers, go but <laughs> I was oh I was very much enjoying it. <laughs> Goodbye. Andrew was bored, but she was also on her phone most of the time. So, well. yeah, because I was bored. It was boring. You might have, I did. Like you might Batman. not have been so bored. I didn't. If I did you weren't like, on your phone. 
I did like Ant Man and the Wasp. It was a good one. That one yeah. was good. Quantum Mania was pretty good. Yeah. It it wasn't my favorite, but I don't know. I think it was okay. That's fair. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, the end. Here we go. I have a, a shameless think, plug as the guest. I have a oh, go shameless plug. It. Yes, because we talked about music. You do. You do have a on. shameless plug. So uh, I have a new Let's single go. out. It's called Ashes. Go listen to it. Apple Music, Spotify, right. wherever you want. I will. I'll put a link in the show notes for this episode yes. for you. I just got to make sure it's the right link. So make sure you send me a link. I'll send you a link, and then I'll yeah yeah. We'll put it in. Are so weird. I'll also are put a link weird? to the know. Whiskey Tribe channel just in case people yeah, want to like take a look. They got some I really will. fun, like lighthearted episodes, and it's chaotic and hilarious and entertaining, but also very educational. So ten out of ten would recommend. I'm also like three cocktails and three shots deep. So <laughs> I've just been nursing the heck out of these, yeah. so I, that I'm still good to drive in a little bit. Oh, so, that's fair. You know, I don't have to drive anywhere. I got some time. We'll be all right. Anyway, that's that's the conclusion of this episode that's it. tonight. Matt, thank thanks you for thanks so for joining much. us and for <laughs> contributing to the conversation. Thank you for having and me, to Andrea. Drink a thank bunch you of your for drinks. watching us have a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. It was mildly entertaining and also very strange, but here but we are. Here we are. Good night. All right. Good night, everybody. <laughs>